For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Rochelle, and this is the Bay Area Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Citra Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find me personally at Rochelle Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're we'll looking at San Francisco's bye week while recapping how they've done so far this season. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the football field once again. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football related. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Bainbury Podcast. Now, before we went on break, we talked about how we are going to go through the 49er season so far, since they have no matchup over the weekend, but... To get us started looking at the overall team, so far, not great. Now, they were favored to win the division, according to the betting lines before the season started, and now the Niners are in a tie for last place, but because they lost to Seattle uh, head-to-head about two weeks ago, the Niners are officially in last place. And you want to go through the points for, points against, they have 117 points for, 119 points against, so pretty much completely even there, but technically negative two in terms of point differential. And the main reason why this team has underperformed up to this point is because of the fact that injuries struck. The Niners were 2-0. Then you had the heartbreaking loss to Green Bay in that thrilling Sunday night game. And then the Seattle game happened where they lost by 7, but let's be real, they were getting manhandled for most of the game before Lance had that garbage time touchdown drive to make the game close. But then they had the loss last week with Lance making his first career start as they lost the Cardinals 17-10. They really, really tried. Uh, the defense was great, only giving up 17 points. But Lance, definitely a work in progress. He, If Garoppolo stays healthy, Lance should not see the field at all. But anyway, looking at the actual uh, injuries the Niners have had to deal with so far, of course, Garoppolo missed the game, which is why Lance ended up playing. And he did not look good in his only start against Arizona. The running back depth chart's a mess. You have Elijah Mitchell, who's leading the way with 189 rushing yards. Then you have Trey Sermon. Uh, with 135, but once again, Mostert getting injured in the first game, the first quarter of the season, really just killed the depth chart. There's not much else to say. Mostert was supposed to be a very solid running back this season, but he's had injury issues in the past, and once again, he got injured. So, uh, yeah, the running back group, not ideal. In hindsight, maybe they shouldn't have cut Wayne Gallman during the offseason, but It is what it is, you know, it happens, and they're going to be trying to, well, figure it out as we go through the rest of the season. But looking at the receiving core, you have, well, one really good guy, and the rest have been underwhelming. Debo Samuel's been a lunatic this season. He has 52 targets, 31 receptions, 
548 yards, which is a team high by a wide margin. Also three touchdowns. He's been great. Not much else to say. When you're averaging 109.6 yards per game, you're doing something right. Samuel's been fantastic off injury, and that's really one of the bright spots of this offense so far. Meanwhile, you have Kittle, who is now on IR. So after he missed a decent amount of the season last year, he's missing part of the season this year, which is not ideal. But even when he was playing, he was not very good. Or he was fine, but not up to kill standards. 227 receiving yards, only averaging 56.8 receiving yards per game. No touchdowns. That also hurts. But Kittle didn't look like himself out there. Now he's injured again. We'll see how long he's going to be out for, but definitely not ideal. But when your third leading receiver in terms of receiving yards is your fullback in Kyle Juszczyk, who has 135 yards, that tells you all you need to know about this receiving core. Because the wide receivers, besides Debo Samuel, have been borderline useless. You can go through Muhammad Sanu, who, of course, is a journeyman, well past his prime, but he has 97 receiving yards, 10 receptions. And that's going to take us to the biggest shocker, so to speak, this season, which is Brandon Ayuk. What the hell happened? I mean, there's really not much else to say. Ayuk was phenomenal at the end of last season. And he definitely looked like he was poised for a huge season. And then he had a bit of a hamstring issue in the final couple weeks of preseason. And that's why he was barely a factor in week one against the Lions. But, I mean, we're five games through and Ayuk has eight receptions for 90 yards. I don't really know what happened. Now, Ayuk, he's been playing snaps, so it's not like he's missed a bunch of games or anything. He's been there. He's appeared in all five games with the Lions one of course he played about a snap so you can throw that out he's played basically four games and he's averaging two receptions per game as a number two wide receiver on the depth chart I don't really know what happened there uh hopefully I can get it together after the bye but damn man he's been terrible there's really not much else to say but anyway looking at the actual defense I don't really have much to roast about this defense because when the offense has been struggling a little bit, which it has, especially since you had to switch quarterbacks midway through the season because of injury, Jimmy G should be back, though, post-bye, so keep that in mind. But the defense is giving up 23.8 points per game, but you gave up 30 to Green Bay. Other than that, though, you gave up 33 to the Lions in garbage time, mostly. They, they were up by about 30 uh, in the late third or early fourth quarter. So the defense had a pick six in that one as well. The Lions garbage time stuff, whatever, is what it is. But they're great against the Eagles, only gave up 11 points. Gave up 28 against Seattle, but you also had Garoppolo, who really just couldn't sustain many drives. Uh, you had uh, Lance, who came in late. You have 28 points in that game. Also had the really awful fumble kickoff, which gave Seattle the ball basically at the 25. But then you had the 17-point performance against Arizona, which is just fantastic. I mean, you're giving up 17 points to one of the best offenses in the league, I'm going to give the defense a pass because I think the defense has actually played well. Uh, you can talk about the injuries that you've had to deal with, but as a whole, uh, the Niners have looked pretty good defensively. Uh, the issue is the offense doesn't really keep them off the field that much, but if you want to actually look through some of the performances and some of the injuries, you got to talk about Greenlaw, who of course had the pick six and then he got injured, so that sucks, but it is what it is. Uh, as for everything else, yeah, they've kind of just been battling out there. And so far, 
They've been doing enough to potentially put their team in winning situations, but the offense has definitely been the story because Garoppolo, who has been okay statistically with 925 passing yards in four games, 66.1% completion percentage, five touchdowns, two picks, it's fine. He's also played four games and been sacked six times, so I am a bit concerned that he might be holding onto the ball too long. We know Garoppolo is not exactly a mobile guy. We know that he's not afraid to, let's just say, eat it and take a sack instead of throwing the ball away, which is a bit of a problem. But he's been fine, I guess. It's the issue with the ground game because Shannon's system is predicated on setting up a good ground game, which will allow you to use the play action. And when you're throwing out Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon and occasionally Jamichael Hasty, but barely because he's been injured too. And Mitchell's been injured too. He also missed a game and Sermon's been a complete non-factor besides an 89-yard game uh, when Mitchell was out. But the running backs just aren't there. There's really not much else to say. I mean, you're going through a Shanahan system and I don't know if Ayuk was the one who thrived the most off of play action or maybe Kittle because based on the performances this season, Ayuk fell off a cliff, but Kittle has definitely been underwhelming too. They're averaging 4.2 yards per carry. They have six rushing touchdowns. The interesting part, though, is that all six touchdowns, each they have one by six different players. So you haven't had one bell cow guy to actually handle the red zone work. But, I mean, damn, man, Mitchell and Sermon aren't getting it done. Mitchell, I actually think, is decent. The injuries are concerning. But Sermon, I know that you drafted him early. You actually drafted both these guys in the past draft. But Mitchell was a late-round pick while Sermon was taken mid-round. Or, or the middle rounds, I should say. Sermon's just not that guy. You, know, you just watch him in preseason. I didn't think he was a great athlete. I thought he was a mediocre running back. I know he had the great game at Ohio State against Northwestern in the Big Ten title game. But, yeah, I don't think Sermon's very good. And there's a reason why he was barely involved in the game plan last week. Mitchell's going to be the guy going forward. But you're assuming that Mitchell might get banged up at some point, which might cause Sermon to once again be thrust into the lineup, but they just don't have any game breakers at running back. And of course, Mostert was the speedster. He was the guy who was going to get you occasionally 100-something yards, but I just don't see Mitchell or Sermon doing that. And I think that if other teams can make the Niners relatively one-dimensional in the passing game, you're going to have some problems. And that's what we've seen so far. But to look at the rest of the actual schedule or my takeaways and however you really want to go through it. The Niners, over the next few weeks, it's gut check time. Now, they end up playing Indianapolis at home uh, in week seven. That's going to be a Sunday night game, so they have a bye into a Sunday night game. They need to win that game, let's be real. You're in the NFC West. Seattle's about to fall apart. We know Wilson's out for about a month or two. They got Geno Smith there. The defense stinks. Seattle, I think, is the worst team in the division. So I do think the Niners do have room to grow. You also have the extra playoff spot this year because you now have seven teams in the NFC getting in, which might pay dividends. But the next couple of weeks, well, you have two games you should win. You play Indy in Week 7 at home, and you play at Chicago in Week 8 with most likely Justin Fields behind center. Fields has not looked good at all. I know the Bears have been winning a couple of games. They've, uh, I believe, won two straight, but... Fields just can't throw the ball. The Bears have realized they need to run the ball pretty much relentlessly if they plan on winning games. 
And I do think the Niners will do a good job stacking the box. I think they'll force Fields into, into some tough situations. And I do think the Niners have a great chance to win that game. But then you have a couple of division games. So week nine, you play Arizona at home. Of course, Jimmy G should be quarterback for that one. And you almost beat Arizona anyway with a rookie quarterback making his first start in week five. So I do think the Niners might be live in that one. Of course, Arizona's the only undefeated team left. So that Arizona team is very good. But it seems like Shannon and the defense just always have good game plans when it comes to dealing with Kyler. So maybe they can win that one in nine. Week 10, they play at home against the Rams. Yeah, uh, that's going to be a Monday night game. Sure, we'll reevaluate that in about, well, a month. But I'm going with the Rams if I had to pick one because I think the Rams are the much better team. But then you face Jacksonville, Minnesota, and Seattle. Uh, then Cincinnati, Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston. So you actually have a couple of really good opportunities between Week 11 and Week 17. So the Niners, even though it might look a little bit grim now because they're 2-3, and three, their post-buy schedule, with the exception of, of course, the Arizona game in Week 9 and the Rams game in Week 10, but those, those are division games, you have to deal with those, they have a pretty easy schedule. So I do think the Niners can turn it around, assuming Garoppolo stays healthy, of course, if a couple guys are able to stay healthy, that would be huge. Especially Kittle, when he comes back, he's going to need to be a huge factor. But either way, the Niners, if I had to grade the first um, five weeks, if I had to grade about the first month of the season, I'm going to give the Niners a D. I know you can make an argument for an F because they're in last place, but they've been dealing with so many injuries, I do have to at least acknowledge that alibi, because if Mostert was there... If Greenlaw was there, I'm also leaving out a couple of people, but Kittle got injured as well. This team's just banged up. There's really not much else to say about it. So I am going to factor that into the grade, but I'm still giving this team a D because at the end of the day, this team was supposed to be the favorite to win the division, and they ended up losing three games. You can argue that they had a chance to had a decent chance to lose before the season started. They've beaten the teams they should beat, because they beat Detroit and Philly, who are both underwhelming, but they lost to Green Bay, Seattle, and Arizona. But if you're going to be competing for a division title in the toughest division in football, you need to win the tough games, especially the games in division. And right now, they're 0-2 in division, and they're also 0-2 at home. So I think that's a concern. I'm giving them a D. Now, it's still, once again, early. They can turn it around, but overall... Those are going to be my thoughts on the Niners over the first month. But that has been this installment of the Ben Berea Podcast. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.